All right. Ooh. I'm ready. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. I better be ready. It's 9.15. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why are we starting so late? Because life, man, you know? Life finds a way. Life finds a way. I've barely found a way tonight <laughs> for us to record this. Hey, I'm Liza. And I'm Mike. We're a married couple with too many DVDs. 1,321 to be exact. Look, physical media is great, but we definitely don't need 1,321 DVDs. No, we don't. So we started this podcast where every other week we choose two movies to watch and discuss. And when we're done, we can only keep one. This This is DVD DVD Deathmatch. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hey there. How you doing? Really well. Yeah, really well? Yeah. Wow. Great day. Solid day. Went to a doctor's appointment. <laughs> didn't eat beforehand and then was so hungry afterwards that I slammed an enormous sandwich at a subway <laughs> sitting alone by myself. And so I felt sick all day and I did not eat dinner. <laughs> Decisions were made. Decisions were made. And regretted. Right, exactly. They still being regretted. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, how are you? How was your day? I'm good. I also had a doctor's appointment today, although I did not not eat beforehand and then slam a giant Subway sandwich afterwards. <laughs> so that is where we diverge. In a wood. In a wood. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Love it. Um, you think you're better than me? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> because you are. Well, no, let's not do that. Um, <laughs> do we have any topics at the top? Um, last time I flippantly could not remember the name of the screenwriters of Final Destination. And I said, James Wong and Jeffrey Morgan. Uh Uh-huh. And it's Glenn Morgan. Oh. I need to set the record straight. I definitely remember that happening. Yeah. Jeffrey Morgan. Both in the moment and when I edited the episode, so. Yeah, and you remember it now. Yeah. Um... Jeffrey Morgan, I was thinking of probably the actor, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Is that his name? Now I'm going to fuck that up. Now I have to apologize next week for that. Who's Jeffrey Dean Morgan? He is the, he was in um, Walking. Or who do you think Jeffrey Dean Morgan is? Yeah, Jeffrey Dean Morgan was in Walking Dead (laughs) Uh and the Watchmen movie. Uh Uh-huh. And... Is that the guy that our niece has a cutout of in... No, that's... Uh Oh. uh, (laughs) That's the guy who plays Daryl. Oh, Norman Reedus is his name. (laughs) And whenever we go up to that one room in your mom's house... It's like a room at the top of the stairs. Right. So you walk up the stairs and there's a life-size cutout. Of Norman Reedus as Daryl Dixon from The Walking Dead. (laughs) Against like a backlit by a door that goes out of the yard. Yeah, at the end like of a window. Hallway. Yeah, and so it's terrifying. It's, it's fucking terrifying. Every time I'm like, ah, Peyton, jump if scare. you're listening to this, get rid of it. <laughs> we hate it. She doesn't listen to the podcast. No, nor should she. I would be. <laughs> I. But Jeffrey Dean Morgan was in a movie we watched called I think The Possession that um like Jewish exorcism movie that we watched. Oh yeah, that was pretty good. I remember. I remember um, things. And, yeah, so that's a very important topic at the top to cover. Yeah. Wow. Um, Somehow. I don't know. It's been it a couple weeks. It all comes down to, what's his name? Nichols Riddles? 
What? <laughs> the cutout guy. Norman Reedus. Norman Reedus. Nichols Riddles. <laughs> the fuck? Um, uh, we saw Priscilla. I was, was going to say, good. we saw a movie. Yeah. We saw... We saw the Marvels. We saw Priscilla. Two movies, yeah. Two movies? Two movies. Um, I mean, we've seen actually many more than two, but... It's true. And the strike is over. Oh, yeah. So all the strikes can, are so over. We can, so we can talk about it without questioning whether or not we're scabs. We weren't scabs. We're, I know, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. I um, and uh, you know, I don't. I would. I would not have done anything that I thought would undermine any labor action ever. Yes. So, <laughs> uh, and I think talking about movies on our podcast when we are not whatever. It's fine. Anyway, um, yeah, we saw Priscilla and Priscilla. we saw the Marvels. Yeah, Priscilla was was good. Yeah. Priscilla was very quickly. Did we do Marie Antoinette on this, on this show? Wow. Should know it. Don't know it. Um, well, while you look that up very quickly, Marie Antoinette is like one of my favorites. Episode um, seven, Marie Antoinette. This episode was released on September 10th, 2020. Wow. Uh, Early was, episode. Yeah. And it was a Marie Antoinette versus something borrowed. Oof, what a showdown. Yeah, we kept something borrowed. Did we really? Yeah. Yikes. So, go back and listen to that one. That doesn't make any sense to me. What happened? Anyway, despite the outcome of that death match, Marie Antoinette is one of my favorites. Um, Yeah, love that movie. Love Lost in Translation. Love, yeah, I mean, I love Lost in Translation. You love Lost in Translation. And I love Marie Antoinette. Yeah. Love the bling ring. Bling ring, like, yeah, so I was... Virgin Suicides. Oh, Virgin Suicides. The Beguiled is really good. It is. So many good movies. I know. All by Sofia Coppola. So, um, was excited for Priscilla, and Priscilla was good. It's funny, I remember walking away from it kind of going, huh, okay, I feel like I need to see it again. It wasn't bad. I wasn't like... No, yeah. but I was mildly underwhelmed, although I will say that Jacob Ellardy, Ellardy, I'm sorry, I don't know how to say his name, um, uh, the rumors are trumors, and he is an incredible Elvis. Incredible. He was really good. And did you see all that stuff about, like, because everyone's comparing his Elvis, obviously, to Austin Butler's Elvis. Yeah. And Austin Butler, like, went full method, like, forgot how to speak in his own voice, like, all this other stuff. And Jacob, like, literally only knew who Elvis was because of Lilo and Stitch. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And just, like, threw this thing together. And Priscilla, the real Priscilla was like, there's all this stuff where it's like she was floored by yeah. his performance. Yeah. So he does a phenomenal job. He was so good. And um, she was great. And she was really, really good, too. Um, I, I don't, you know, like, I don't know as much about Priscilla as a caricature as I do, as yeah. Elvis is a caricature. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was really, it was really good. Um, and then the Marvels. It was good. The, 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 oh. Just real quick, sorry. The mood. I, yeah. I came away also feeling like, oh, maybe that was a little slight. Mm. Um, but I, also I feel like I've felt that way about a lot of Sofia Coppola movies that then when you revisit, they grow on you and yes. you revisit them and they kind of like fester in your brain for a little while and then fester <laughs> sounds bad. Yeah. Uh, good fester. <laughs> we like, love a good fester. Like Christopher Lloyd in the Adams Family movies. <laughs> um, uh, so... 
Yeah, it does a good fester. Yeah. And then uh, they're really great movies. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like I said, I feel like I need to see it again because, like, yeah. I was kind of like, okay, okay. Um, but and I but I love that in, in her past work. That, yeah. That mood and that feeling that she creates. and Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then we saw the Marvels. And then we saw the Marvels. Anyway, what are we talking about today? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm like a little bummed because I was very excited about the Marvels. And I think, honestly, my biggest takeaway from it is that like, it felt like there was way more movie and they cut out a lot of stuff. Yeah. To make it shorter, to make, try and make it make more sense. Obviously, we've talked about this ad nauseum, not necessarily on the podcast, but to each other, about how now the Marvel Universe is so out of control, just with all of the TV shows. And, like, for the Marvels, you had to have, you, quote, had to have watched three separate television shows. Yeah. Three separate series to be completely caught up to where this movie starts. Right. It's like, it's not like you won't know what the hell is happening if you don't watch those shows, but if you're a completist or if you just want to know who these characters are, right. their origins or whatever, you had to have watched these things. And then, and, um, and a movie, at least one movie. Yeah. And, and they do like throw you right into it. Like there, yeah. there's no previously on. Well, because it's not, I, I like, we don't have to talk about the Marvels for very long, No, but it's not, it doesn't really feel like a sequel to Captain Marvel, which is yes. a, a movie that I like. Yeah. I thought it was good. I thought it was, like, entertaining was, and fun and, right. you know, weird, kind of, in a way. Because, like, Captain Marvel has such a strange story, mm. like, of what... It takes so much to kind of, like, figure out what... Anyway, it's not like, got bit by a radioactive spider. It's right. It's, like, not that. It's, like, kind of more nuanced, I guess. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Um, not nuanced, but just kind of quackier yeah. as, a, as an origin story. And yeah. the, the and then there's all this like stuff with these different species and all this stuff. And this movie felt like it was just doing a different thing with all these other characters and stuff who yeah. were fine. But so it just felt like a strange kind of like lots of different competing uh, uh, masters that it was serving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. You know. Right. And I want to be excited about the fact that like, I mean – Every lead character in that film was a woman. Yeah. Including the villain. And and they all did a great job. And they all did a wonderful job. But you've also, they've also fallen into this trap where you've got this kid superhero that we've done three times now. We've done the same character three times, the same exact kind of goofy, adorable, like, like, oh my God, like character. And you've got her, you've got Hawkeye Jr., and you've got. Doctor Strange Jr. You know what I mean? Who's Doctor Strange Jr.? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember now. America? America something. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's all the in same Doctor character. Too, and yeah. it's like, and it's just this thing where I'm like, well, now we're in weird territory of like, can't, like, there's something to being an awkward teenage girl. Yeah. But she can be capable and be awkward. Yeah. And it does, and you know what I mean? Like, and mm-hmm. there's, yeah. Anyway. Um, again, we don't have to spend too much more time talking about the Marvels, <laughs> but, uh, but I was looking forward to it and I'm a little, a little bummed that it was like not better or I don't know. I don't know. Well, it's weird. Know. It's cause uh, it wasn't bad. I didn't, I enjoyed myself, but yeah. I didn't love it, but also like 
it didn't. It's also like now this huge flop, and everyone's talking about the future of Marvel. Marvel will be fine. They haven't even like yeah. done whatever they're going to do with the X Men and the Fantastic Four and all that. Right? They're right, going right. to re- like they're going to be fine, and everyone's going to be like, "Oh my god, Marvel's back!" It, it's fine. and if they're not fine, they can go swim in their money pools and they'll exactly. be okay. But uh, <laughs> but everyone's like, "Oh my god, this is a disaster for Marvel." It's like this wasn't like worse than most of the movies. Like, right? It's right? Fine. It's fine. Right. It's a good time. Right? It's right. Fine. Whatever. Yeah. Moving on. Moving on. Let's move on. Moving on. Let's do it. Um, should we talk about uh, what we did this week? I guess. Truly this week. Truly this week. Because we somehow again. And also, listen, I can't remember what we said last time, slash have not bothered to go back and look about when we would post this episode. It's going up on Thursday of this week. It's possible we said it was going up last week, but <laughs> well, <laughs> either way, we're here now. Aren't you excited? And this week, guess what we did? What did we do? We watched two movies. Oh my god! Oh my god! This week they're we, at it again. They're at it again. This week we watched Hannah from 2011 and The Dark Knight from 2008, and we're gonna kick it off with Hannah. No H at the end, just an H at the beginning. Two ends in the middle. Directed by. Where are the A's? Oh, you know where the A's are. Okay. Hey, save it for. Our other podcast. <laughs> Directed by Joe <laughs> Wright. X-rated podcast. Okay. You know where the A's are. <laughs> All right. Anyway, moving on. Sorry. Okay. Directed by Joe Wright. And our IMDb summary is a 16-year-old girl who was raised by her father to be the perfect assassin is dispatched on a mission across Europe, tracked by a ruthless intelligent agent and her operatives. That's yes. a pretty good. Sure. Fine. That's pretty good, I'd say, because it's like... Yes, and also um, doesn't, like, give too much away. That's right. a good sum. IMDb, well done, baby. <laughs> you back. did it. You You're did back. it. Um, Hannah. Hannah. I think this is only the second time I've seen this movie. Really? Yeah. Saw it originally, watched it now. Great. I think um, I've seen it maybe one or two more times. In yeah. Between. Yeah. Um. It's so the pitch was definitely like it's born identity with a little girl. Yeah. Because this is very like in that period of yeah. I mean it's maybe what like ten years after Born Identity, but in the Born franchise was a huge hit. Yeah, yeah. And Saoirse Ronan plays Hannah. Yes. And her she father was hot at that moment. Exactly. She continues to be She is fantastic. She's I did not look up how old she was in this movie. Oh yeah. Uh I'm going to look it up right now while I'm speaking. Sersha Ronan plays the titular Hannah who is this movie was shot in 2011 <laughs> and she <laughs> So she was 16. Okay. When they made this. Um she's great. She plays Hannah. She lives in the woods with her father Eric Bana. Yeah. And in the Arctic. The Arctic, right. And then um which is, like, such a kind of cliche, like, assassin in the woods hiding out. We need you for one last job or you're on the run from your bosses or whatever it is. But he's got a little girl mm-hmm. who he's training mm-hmm. while they're there to be uh, a deadly assassin in her own right. And then there's, like, a button that they're going to push when it's time for her to go prove herself. Yeah. Right? For them to kind of like make their se- themselves known no, to, right. to so his old handlers. Yeah, yeah um, exactly. And his old handlers represented, of course, by Kate Blanchett. Yes. Um, In a wig. You, you could have held a gun to my head. Uh-huh. 
before we watched this and said, is it Kate Blanchett or Tilda Swinton? <laughs> and I would have been like, ooh. Ooh. You got you to gotta pull that trigger, my man. Because I do not know. Wow. But it's Kate Blanchett. She's fantastic as always. Yes. Um, Tar herself. Tar. Um, and then they push the button. Assassins come to kill them. Uh-huh. Hannah goes on the run. And that's the movie. And it's like she goes on she. She, I guess she gets captured briefly and then escapes. Yeah, but she's supposed to get captured. Right. It's part of the plan. Exactly. Then escapes kind of this um, hopping across like Morocco and Berlin. Yeah. As she kind of escapes from these people who are trying to kill her. Yeah. And she's she like, wrote- uh, we're talking about the Marvels and later we're talking about the Dark Knight. She's kind of a superhero in her own right. Yeah. She's got all these secret Jason Bourne kind of Yeah, for sure. powers. Yeah, and there's a lot of, you know, trivia about how she trained Sersha, trained for it and did a lot of her own stunts and like Yeah. you know, she really she really got in there. Um which like I can imagine how much fun that would be if you were 16 and you're like Yeah. Well, you're going to go like train to do like this cool shit. Right. That would be so amazing. I will say cards on the table. Put them down. This movie's great. Yeah. It's fucking great. It's yeah. Hannah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, yeah. It's like, the story is very straightforward, very, like, early 2000s spy movie. Like, like I said, the pitch is Born Identity with a little girl. Yeah. And it's, so you're like, oh, okay, I get what this is. Yeah. But the director, Joe Wright, mm-hmm. um, who also did, like, The Pride and Prejudice with Kira Knightley and Atonement before this, like, mm. and I guess, like... So I would, you know, my limited knowledge of him before this was like, oh, period pieces, like lavish kind of uh, stuff. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Um, But uh, watching this, it's like this is directed with kind of like balls. Sure. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It looks great. There's like a lot of kind of, um, for lack of a better word, like style to it. Yeah, a lot of choices. A lot of choice that's a great way to put it. A lot of choices. Which I think a is lot incredible. of bold choices, which is great. And it and it it works out. Yeah. There's and something uh almost um oh my god, what's it called? Uh fifth element e about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and but in a but not in a way that feels like a copycat, but just like tone wise. Yeah. Yeah. A, yeah. Garish kind of very European. Yes. Like very like very kind of like and not just because it's like takes place in a lot of Europe and stuff. <laughs> but, you know, all the actors, even like Kate, even the people who are doing, who are speaking in American accents. Yeah. Like, there's there's so many henchmen who are speaking in American accents who sound like, <laughs> they're clearly like, I don't know about this Hannah girl. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, the, yeah, I, there's a, there's one in particular that stuck out to me that I wrote down where the guy says, take a look at this kid's blood sample. <laughs> yeah. And it's I, like, you're not American. You're not American. I definitely wrote down, the accent is spotty. <laughs> for um, who? For everybody? For Kate, oh, mostly. Because yeah. she's going, like, hardcore, um, 
Jodie Foster's Silence of the Lambs Southern. Yeah, yeah, totally. And sometimes she, I feel like, kind of forgot, half, and then halfway through her sentence remembers. <laughs> yeah. um, no tea, no shade to yeah. the goddess that is Kate Blanchett. Right, but, exactly. Damn, um, wow. <laughs> but I was like, okay, all right. Um, um, yeah. But it's really fun. The, like you said, a lot of like choices in the direction to make it kind of look and feel a certain way, which I think is just so welcome in this, like, very simple genre e mm-hmm. like it could so easily just be like yeah it's like taken yeah with like a little girl right exactly and like the way that all those things were shot like when born identity came out and it was like handheld and you know and the 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 sequels by paul greengrass and stuff they're like all very kind of like uh verite style or whatever you know trying <laughs> to like do that thing yeah and so then everyone started doing action scenes that way and it's like you can't really like tell what you're looking at half the time mm-hmm. and and everything is handheld and there's no, you know what I mean? Yeah. And this one, like parts of it look like a music video. Like there's, I wrote down, there's part of it that, especially when she's like escaping mm-hmm. from that early on. Yeah. That looks and feels like, um, a man who fell to earth, oh, which is yeah. the Bowie movie. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, uh, and it's, uh, like it has that feel to it a lot, which yeah. is like a cool thing for like a movie, just about like a kid assassin. Yeah, I don't know. I always love, and I think I've said this before, like when a, like a just a stupid genre e idea is like taken as, and we'll talk about this later too in a different way, mm-hmm. is taken as seriously as possible <laughs> and is like had fun with and elevated and not just like yeah, you know, um, yeah, totally. Uh, uh, so I, it's a it, like it's a really good solid movie yeah and then oh sorry again no no i was just gonna say it's it's i agree hard agree hard agree yeah and then when because when you know it's like oh she's an assassin she's escaping you kind of she like does you know flip kicks on henchmen and all this stuff Mm -hmm. and you kind of know what it is and then she gets to morocco morocco Mm -hmm. morocco 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 she gets to morocco and she kind of like um stows away with this family on vacation yeah who are a British family on vacation in Morocco. Yeah, and it becomes a very different movie for a little while. Yeah. Which is like this kind of coming of age thing cuz she's a little girl and she's like meets a friend and the girl who plays the the tween girl who like is very um for like is very girly and very kind yeah, of Yeah, sassy, outspoken, yeah. like roll my eyes, oh my god, mom, yeah. you're so lame. That girl's so funny. So funny, so good. Um and the two of them together is really lovely. They go on a date with these guys. Yeah. There's a whole like kissing scene where, and they're just so, 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 so great. Yeah. Um, that girl has a line. <laughs> this part made me laugh so hard. Uh, uh, she has a line that says something like, I want to be a lesbian, but not a fat one. Not great, but uh, not a fat <laughs> one, a supermodel one. And we only hold hands, and I probably marry a man. And then it cuts to Kate Blanchett. Yeah. And I lost it. <laughs> well, I think this movie is, like, kind of gay. <laughs> oh, in, yeah. In, like, a good way. Oh, yeah. In, like, in, like, a, in like, a, like, a fun, like, like you know, what, what do they always say now? Queer-coded? Yeah, like, yeah, Like, that's how it yeah. feels. And that actress is uh, Jessica Barden. Yeah. She's so good. So good. So funny. Yeah. Um, and so... Uh, 
it becomes a very different, like, really well-done movie there. Yeah. And then they get to Berlin, and it mm-hmm. becomes a different thing there, too, where, yeah. like, it gets more into the action and more into the, like, that kind of thing. But they they meet, at the, like, one of the, the climactic scenes is at this, like, abandoned Grimm's fairy tale theme park. Theme park, which is so cool. Right, which and is I definitely remember, a real like, thing. Yeah, like, since then, seeing, like... You know, in one of those like cool pictures from abandoned places, like, and that was featured. Yes, and I was totally. like, oh, this is from Hannah. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. There is like, there's the one part of this movie, of this plot, oh, that, here she goes. that falls apart for me a oh, little here bit. Here she goes. Is what is it now? <laughs> so, for the most part, like you said, it beautifully ties together this. 16-year-old assassin with girl out in the real world for the first time Mm -hmm. and figuring herself out. Like, And we love to see it. There is a part where she has a confrontation with her father because they meet back up. And uh, without spoiling it too much, she learns things about her mother that she didn't know, about her mother and about herself that she didn't know. Yes. Um... And it's this fight scene with her father where they're yelling at each other. And she has a line where she's, where she says, because I'm a freak or something like that. And the, what I don't like about that is that one, I don't think that this character would have any concept of what it means to be a freak. She would not have at this point, given her experiences, truly understand that she was an outcast. She met up with this one girl, this one yeah. family, and for the most part did okay. Was accepted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like was fully like this girl at the end, this the friend is like is literally like you're my friend, like you're kind of weird, but you're my friend. Yeah. And Hannah's like thank you for being my friend. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's no she hasn't experienced this notion of freak so shame right so like why and like i'm not saying she wouldn't know that like it's not normal to be a 16 year old girl and be an assassin right but her her life experience at that point would not have led her to thinking that sure yeah and there's a way to have this fight and have this meltdown and have this reveal of where she comes from and her history and her mother and all the stuff without it turning into like Without it feeling so on the nose of, like, puberty makes girls feel like they're freaks. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. And it felt, it felt like one moment of, like, cheapness in this, like, beautifully crafted sure. story I gotcha. for me. Did you have another one? You said there was, I thought you said there was something else. No. I oh. said the one thing. Oh. <laughs> the one. So you were very clear that was, it was just was one just thing. Sp- like, very specific. All right, great. Um, <laughs> it also has... Uh, Tom Hollander, not Tom Holland, not Tom Holland, not Tom Holland-est, Tom Hollander, <laughs> Tom Hollander, who people will know from White Lotus, which you didn't watch. I didn't watch. Not to call you out. Or wow. uh, In the Loop or a bunch of stuff. He's really good. And he and he's in uh, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation mm. as the prime minister. Anyway, he plays like the... The you know these movies have to have like 
oh, there's the scary assassin. Yeah. Who's, like, going after our assassin. Yeah. Um, and he plays that guy, and he's so good. He's really uh, hamming it up in a fun way. <laughs> um, it has Olivia, Olivia Williams, who plays the mom oh, of this yeah. family. She was in Rushmore. She was definitely also in one of the Peter Pan movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's the mother in she's the Peter Pan movie like that hooky, we... Like, Hooky. Hooky. What the fuck? I was like, I was trying to say she plays Wendy and Hook, but I think she's it's the, not that. I think she's the it's mom. Not even that. Yeah, well, we're moving past Hooky. Oh my god, we're so tired. Jesus. I think she was in Hooky. I think she was in Hooky. Remember Hooky? Yeah. Wow. Um, I think she's the mom in the Peter Pan that we did on the show, the one for, with uh, Jason Isaacs, right? Is this good content? <laughs> Me asking you a question and it short-circuiting your brain? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is. Anyway, moving uh, on. She's been in other stuff. She was great. Yeah, so uh, it has a couple of those moments in the fight choreography mm-hmm. that are good where, like, that make you go... Like, whenever, like in a fight, mm-hmm. if there's a moment where, like, I involuntarily go, like, oof. Ooh, yeah. That's how you know it's like something has connected at least. Yeah, yeah. And it has a couple of those. Yeah, a bunch That's of all those. you need. Fight choreo is stellar in yeah. this movie. Um, there's a lot of. I mean, the the thing about the movie, the thing that Joe Wright does really well, mm. I think in all his movies, mm-hmm. is fucking. There's gonna be some golden hour shit. Oh yeah. The sunlight is gonna look beautiful. <laughs> We're gonna shoot in real locations. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Except for that weird Amy Adams movie he did, where like. It was like the woman in the window or something. I think that might have been a pandemic thing. Oh anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Regardless, no, it definitely was. Regardless. Yeah. Um, but like, there's it's gorgeous. The movie's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, it. Oh, it also has. There's a fight scene in. Speaking of Berlin and stuff, there's a fight scene in this subway station with Eric Bana and stuff. And I, when the minute they popped in there, I was like, oh, we just saw this subway station, and it's because it's also in Hunger Games. Part Mocking Jay Part two. two, and it's also in the Born Supremacy, mm. and it's also in Captain America Civil War. It's like this one subway station in Berlin yeah. that I guess everyone is like, "Hey, that looks cool." It's a good it's location. Like, yeah, it's got like low ceilings, orange walls, uh, a bunch of like pylons and stuff. I yeah. don't know why it's become such a thing, but if you're shooting in Berlin, that's where I mean, you it's go. a big and empty space. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Um, yeah, and I and again, I want to say I think this movie's pretty gay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's, like, she, I think they're 16-year-old girls, they're, like, coming of age, and I think she and Sophie mm-hmm. uh, are, like, uh, like uh, into each other. Yeah, totally. Like, there's a, literally a scene where they are lying together in they bed. They smooch. They smooch. They're lying together in bed. They're under covers. It's shot beautifully. These, yeah. It's, like, such a nice thing. Yeah. I think it's great. It's wonderful. Um, and the movie just, like... Ends when it ends. Yep. Like it. There's no. It ends how it begins. That's true. Oh snap! You it's, gotta watch the movie to understand what that means. <laughs> it's very. <laughs> it's very tight. It, uh, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of fat on the bone on the movie. No. Um, I love it. I think it's such a like solid movie. It's great. Recommend. Ten out of ten. <laughs> ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. Great. We love to hear it. Okay. Do you have any final Hannah thoughts? No, it's great. Okay. You were like, I was clearly moving on. 
And why did you stop? <laughs> Great. Um, okay. Is it available? You can watch Hannah right now on Hulu. And you know what? We highly recommend that you do. I think you could do a lot worse. I think if you watched <laughs> Hannah... You could do a lot worse. If you right now went to your Hulu... Your Hulu. And you put on Hannah, mm. I think in 90 minutes time, hour 40, whatever it is, yeah, you'd be like, hey. Time well spent. Time well spent. I had a good time. They were right. They were right. Love those guys. Yeah. <laughs> Great. All right. Uh, next question, because I got a lot of questions, so let's move right along. Uh, what's the connection? You're going to love this. I can't wait. There's an actor who's in both fucking movies. What? That's right. His name's Paul Burchard. Burchard. Mm-hmm. Burchard. That's a great name. I don't know how to say it. In Henna... He plays Bob. I don't know who Bob is. I think Bob's one of the henchmen. <laughs> I didn't go back and look, try to find out who Bob was, but I think he's Not one of great, the. Bob. I think he's one of the henchmen that Hannah dispatches okay. at some point. Spoiler. In The Dark Knight, he is credited as cop with fat thug. <laughs> don't know what that means. He's American. It's he lives in clear. Finland, apparently. American He's very, lives in Finland. Yeah, very accomplished on the stage and screen. I love so, that. Shout out to Paul Burchard. We are shout this out. is a real Burchard themed episode. We're Burchard heads. Burchard heads. Burchard 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 hard. broccoli. No. Mm. <laughs> you know what? I don't know anything better. So I don't know why I said no. Um Let's definitely spend more time on this. Um, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Our next movie is The Dark Knight from 2008, directed by Christopher Nolan. Heard no. of him? Know him? Know him? Know him? <laughs> um, See, it all works because the quote is from From Christian an interview uh, with Christian Bale where he yeah. talked about the Powerpuff Girls. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Uh, I know. <laughs> Because we quote it all the time, um, where Christian Bale goes, Powerpuff Girls, know it, know it, know it. Um, you think we're exaggerating, we're not. No, this is not our first Nolan. It's not our, it's we not did, our first, you know what, it won't be our last. Because we did the prestige. All right, IMDb summary is, when the menace known as the Joker, okay, when the menace known as the Joker, <laughs> just say the Joker. When the menace known as the Joker, (laughs) when the menace known as the Joker (laughs) wreaks havoc and chaos on the people of Gotham, Batman must accept one of the greatest psychological and physical tests of his ability to fight injustice. Wow. Much like the movie The Dark Knight, there's a lot of things happening there that you could just simplify. Right, and also it's taking itself very seriously. Again, much like The Dark Knight. Yeah. Um, Speaking of the prestige, this movie is a real prestige reunion. Well, it would be. Yeah. Uh, You got Michael Caine. Michael Caine? (laughs) That was good. Thank you. Um, You got... Morgan Freeman? Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman's in The Prestige? Yes. When? Oh, I'm lying. He's not in it. <laughs> I lied. Fully lied. Yeah, Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Um, you know what's funny? You know what I'm thinking of? 
Instead, I you know what I'm conflating with the prestige. What is fucking now you see me. <laughs> Morgan Freeman is in Now You See Me. Yeah, okay. But he's not in The Prestige, Great. which is a different movie about magicians. So, <laughs> and Not the worst conflation. Right. That's all I'm saying. I'm not justifying it. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm just saying, you see where my tired brain went. Okay. We're going we're gonna to go back. <laughs> we're just going to... Welcome pre- to the most unhinged episode <laughs> yeah, of the exactly. episode I've Jesus. ever been. Um, okay, so this is The Dark Knight. It is The Dark Knight. Everyone knows this movie. Everyone has seen it. We're not going to break any news here, and I'm not going to sit here and say that The Dark Knight is a bad movie. No. No. However. In the next 20 minutes to half an hour, though, mm. we will definitely point out some things that are <laughs> absurd about it, that are silly, mm. and that I... It's like... It's like, it. watching it again, because I haven't seen it in a long time. Yes. And obviously when it came out, I remember I have such a clear memory of seeing it, mm-hmm. of standing in line outside the AMC Theater mm. on 33rd Street <laughs> uh, for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why we always went to that AMC when we didn't even live in Manhattan. I don't know. But, um, uh, and seeing it and it, being released after Heath Ledger died, obviously that being like such a huge thing yeah, and such a tragedy and such a like, and America being primed to like, and the movie also looked incredible. Yeah. Like, um, from the previews and stuff and just being primed to be like, Oh, this is fucking great. And then seeing it and being like, Oh, this was actually fucking great. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and such a level up from, Batman Begins in so many ways, like, mm-hmm. and such a like Christopher Nolan doing all the things that he loves, which is like buildings with glass, and <laughs> you know what I mean, like, <laughs> not to uh, not to simplify his aesthetic, <laughs> buildings with glass. In a, not to minimize, he does so much more than that. But you know, this feels much. I mean. Batman Begins felt like a Batman movie that was also a Christopher Nolan movie in like a great way. Uh-huh. And this feels like such a Christopher Nolan movie. You yeah. know what I mean? Of just like, I mean, the style we talked about with Oppenheimer about how it feels like you're watching the whole movie feels like you're watching the trailer for a much longer movie. Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. The, the style, the, like the kind of editing the like simultaneously, like, choppy but also very smooth edited i don't know is anyway all of which is to say what was i saying i don't know (laughs) i don't know what point i was getting to uh the dark knight you remember seeing it i remember seeing it it yes i haven't seen it in a long time it's fucking great there's a lot of weird shit in it yes go ahead yeah sorry no no i yes exactly um i Along the same lines, I also remember what a big deal this movie was. Um, And which is funny because we hit play and I was like somehow unprepared. Like I was like my first note is literally, okay, right. This is number two. I fully forgot what happens in the first one. Vaguely the Scarecrow hallucinations and Joey Potter. Yes. And then we get a little ways into the movie and Maggie Gyllenhaal shows up and I'm like, wait a minute, is this a different character? <laughs> and then I was like, 
I fully forgot that they replaced yeah, Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes with Maggie Gyllenhaal. Right. And what makes it extra ironic and yeah. strange is that this entire movie is about how her character, Maggie Gyllenhaal's character, Rachel. Rachel Dawes. Has known Batman right. since they were children. Right. So, like, over and over again, it's as if she's, like, if someone was doing, like, a caricature of her plotline, right. it would just be her walking into a room and going, I've always been here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <that's laughs> you know funny. what I mean? I certainly didn't change in any way. No. Would no, be no, no, This has always been like yeah. this. Right. Um, so that is ironic. It is ironic. Um, but yeah, and once we once we got past the like, once I was in it, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember. Well, it really obviously really flows. Yeah. There's so fucking much going on. There is. Like on a script level of just like plot, 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 threads on threads, like yeah, stuff that like did I remember that there's a whole thread where like. Alfred is in the Mediterranean with the Russian ballet <laughs> or whatever. And like, you know what I mean? Like, like all this stuff, there's a scene in the end with like, Oh, he, he, the Joker dressed the hostages up as clown henchmen. And the, the like, I was like, what? Like, you know what I mean? There's yeah. so much I didn't remember from yeah. this. Um, but I mean the things that, I mean, okay. So the, it's the things it's like Batman, Christian Bale, it is. you've heard of him. Yeah. And the Joker, played by Heath Ledger, and the Joker is like, it's extremely complicated what's going on. There's like a, there's like a, and I don't mean to make it sound like it's like incomprehensible. It's still a, yeah, like a Batman movie. Yeah. But it's like, um, you know, it's, it's like there's, the mob is consolidating and there's a Chinese uh, gangster kind of business slash businessman who is like taking all their money to keep it away from the Gotham PD and Batman. And then Bruce has to go to Hong Kong and the Joker is like a wild card in all this. And yeah, it's no pun intended. And it's just like an insane (laughs) kind of plot that then, and and the whole time they're just always talking about what Gotham means and how people feel about Gotham. Gotham and how a hero. Harvey Dent, played by Aaron Eckhart, is represents the best of us, and he is Gotham's pure soul. And he and Batman have cleaned up the streets, and you it's it's full of so much like self-important insane dialogue, but it like works. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean it doesn't like it. It doesn't prevent me from like rolling my eyes at it, right? At some of it, yeah. But it's also like fun to watch, yeah. And it's Christopher Nolan doing his thing, right? And the thing I can't, I don't think, like it was interesting watching it now, Mm -hmm. removed from honestly the Heath Ledger of it all, yeah. Um, and and seeing that it's goofier yeah than it than it felt at the time for yeah. sure at the time it's like it felt like exactly it yeah. felt like oh my god this is like an uh, adult like serious superhero movie this yeah, is like yeah. how as serious as it gets and then you watch the movie and he's like i'm batman right <laughs> like i wrote i literally have a note that just says the fucking voice yeah. <laughs> what a choice talk about choices right that is a choice and he regrets making it and regrets that he had to stick with it and we you know what we all regret it 
You yeah. sound ridiculous. He does. It does. It does. It does not. I, it was always like a big thing that you're like, oh wow, he went for it. Okay, this is what it is in the movie. And then, but it, I kind of always thought like, oh, that'll. That's fine. Yeah. And it's like, no, it did not age well. No. Like, um, no. And and Heath Ledger is great. Like Of course. Like it is still absolutely true that Heath Ledger is the the only Joker. Yeah. Honestly. Sorry, Nicholson. But Well, I'm not gonna go that far, but sure. Wow. You think Jack Nicholson was a better I didn't say better. Joker. I said they're doing different things. You I didn't don't say even, that. <laughs> I didn't say anything. I said I'm not going to go that far. But yeah. I think that I I think they're doing. I I don't I don't I I've I've evolved past the need to care about. Oh yeah. yeah to yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm yeah. so evolved. You're so evolved. Um. I've no, but it's like at the time when this came out, I was I definitely was like, wow, well, this. Let me rank my jokers for you. <laughs> and I cannot do that anymore. I like Jack Nicholson and I like Heath Ledger. Well, I'll rank them and Heath Ledger <laughs> is the best. So there's that. Um, at the very least, it should have ended with Heath Ledger. The, the Joker. Oh yeah. Um, I think, that's where uh, I'll leave that anyway. <laughs> um, and he's still great, but it's, but it, he's also like, Great in this very goofy movie. Yeah, he's great, but he's 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 like he's the Joker. Like he's not. It's not like Shakespeare. They're doing. Everyone's doing great work. Mm. <laughs> but it is going to be silly because it's a Batman movie, and that's great. That's fine. That's what it's supposed to be. I think that like where this movie doesn't like age well or or work as well or stuff is like where you it feels uh, ashamed of the silliness. You know, yeah. you, like the Tim Burton Batman's Batman, Batman, like are are insane, and they are weird and they go crazy, and I love them and they don't try to not be crazy. Sure, you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. It's a man dressed up as a bat. Yeah, and he punches people. Yeah, yeah. And you know, Christopher Nolan is doing an amazing job mm. of making like his kind of like James Bond meets Heat meets like. Like, you know, whatever he thinks a big action movie should be. Yeah. And he doesn't, you know, I get the sense, and I don't know if this is true. Mm. He doesn't, like, love, like, that it's Batman. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> he might. Sure, I have no idea. I don't sure. care either way because the movie's great. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, but it's just a funny, like, he's trying to make, like, a serious action movie. And it's like, great. It works fantastically. Yeah. Um. Did you notice the aspect ratio changing on the disc while we were watching it? No. Yeah, so we we watched this on a Blu-ray. Yeah. And, like, you know, most of the scenes are in kind of, I don't know if it's 16 by 9, but, like, very widescreen. Yeah. And then it gets into a different aspect ratio where it, for you know, where it takes up our entire television. Okay, for yeah. For the action sequences. Oh. And it, like, looks incredible. Like the Like, the first shot of the... Um, I guess it's Chicago skyline or whatever, where it's like coming in, and the whole bank sequence is like it's, it's the Gotham skyline. Come well, on, you know what I mean, like, um, <laughs> and uh, like the first shot is in that bigger aspect ratio on the disc itself. Yeah, and it like this was one watching it where it was like you know it just you could feel 
I, I like I could feel the high quality of the Blu-ray sure. in a weird yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. And those sequences looked incredible. That car chase sequence looked incredible. It all looked amazing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then whenever it would go back to the like you know longer kind of like uh, widescreen, widescreen that was yeah. happening throughout the rest of the movie, I was like, oh, <laughs> I want to go back to the like the big one. Come on. Um, yeah, no, it made it, me want to see it in IMAX. Yeah, it all looked really, really incredible, including. Um, Harvey Dent, a spoiler alert for Dark Knight, but Harvey Dent, who um, turns into, will eventually turn into, or was supposed to eventually turn into Two-Face. He gets half his face burned. Mm-hmm. Um, that looks incredible, which I have look. to assume is a mixture of practical effects and CGI. Yeah. What I really like about it, what I really like about it is I think it looks really good. They've done a good job mixing the two mediums. And then also they've, it, they've also incorporated lighting into it to make, you know, like yeah. there are ways to, to make it so that you don't notice the CGI as much. Yeah. Um, and I think they, they just did like a really good job, job of it. That's yeah. all. Cause there's yeah. a lot of like him talking. And half yeah. of his mouth is missing. Gone. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it just looks really good. Yeah, um, it looks incredible. Um, also, we haven't, like, that was also a huge deal, I think, with this movie that made it even more of a kind of event was the uh, not knowing going in, mm-hmm. knowing that, it, like, Harvey Dent was a character in it. And if you knew the comics, you'd ever have that. Or the animated series, or whatever Batman exposure you had, yeah, you knew that Harvey Dent eventually becomes Two Face. So that's like a thing in the comics, but like they didn't tip their hand at all that he that this this movie had two villains in it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like whereas uh, for Dark Knight Rises and for the Batman's in the '90s and stuff, they it was always like, oh, the poster with Poison Ivy and Mister Freeze on it, and yeah. the poster with. Uh, Two Face and the Riddler on Riddler, it, and, yeah. and you know, and and Bane and Catwoman and Dark Knight Rises and stuff. And this one was like, this is the Joker. This movie is the Joker. Yeah. And then you go, and the second half of the movie, or the last third of it, I guess, mm-hmm. is you know the Joker, but also Harvey Dent has become Two Face. Yeah. And has this entire, I mean, it's his, his entire arc because another spoiler alert for the Dark Knight, he dies at the end. Right. Which I also remember, whatever, when I remember like seeing the movie uh-huh. and coming out and being like, re- like being like, he can't be just like dead. They dead, can't, right. They can't have just like killed him. Right. Because they just created him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, feeling so mad about that, especially because like, it was so, it's so like weirdly ballsy in a way that, the Joker lives, yeah, because Heath Ledger had died, yeah. So it's like such an interesting, kind of amazing choice mm-hmm. in that way, yeah. And then also, sorry, I'm just like watching the end again. It actually, like, I don't hate to be like stupid, like cinema sins, like nitpicky, whatever. It's okay, but it's well, it's just, it's just not like my That's favorite. What we're doing here, it's okay. I know, but it's not my favorite vibe of being like, well, actually, <laughs> but the thing. In the end, the way that Harvey Dent Two Face dies mm-hmm. is that Batman kind of like knocks him off of a ledge, yeah. and they both fall down together. Yeah, and the impact does not even injure Batman, right? From that fall that he takes, but Harvey dies, and it's like looks like it's like two stories. <laughs> 
It's yeah. like, and it's very unceremonious. His death, yeah. After this whole movie, like, kind of gets you to this point, right? So it really, also, we know that this movie is not great with the continuity of falling off of things because there's fully a scene where a mobster. They make oh, yeah. they make yes. they make a point. Batman is dangling him over a ledge. Yeah. And he makes a snarky comment about how it's not high enough to kill him. And Batman's like, I'm counting on it, drops him. We hear his bones crack, his right. legs snap, and then ten minutes later he's in another scene. I'm like, shouldn't you be in a wheelchair, yeah, sir? He is just like fully walking. Just fully walking, around. everything's yeah. fine. Exactly. What? What? And there's several instances of people saying that they're playing things close to the chest in this movie, which has always bothered me. Mm-hmm. Now, I looked it up. Apparently, they're both fine. Yeah. But close to the vest is like the real one, right? We, I'm I think we can sure. agree. I think I'm we can sure. agree. It's a thing where they're both fine, just like like uh, uh, irregardless is now technically a word. Right. But everyone knows if you say close to the chest, you're a fucking moron. <laughs> He doesn't deserve love. <laughs> and it, close to the vest is the real one. Okay. Um, totally. Totally. Um, there's some bad writing slash acting that happens in this movie. No. Um, never. Including a line where someone literally says, have a nice trip. See you next fall. As they arrest the mobsters, and I and I literally just feel like, why would you do that? Like it's not like no one, it's not like the joke of that even is like you say that when someone has tripped. Yeah, exactly. And no one tripped. Right. They're it's just, a cop putting him into a car. Yeah, it's really weird. And then, <laughs> in particular, there is so Harvey Dent has a coin that he flips. Yeah. Um, to determine things. And uh, he's, you know, every time it happens, someone says, you're going to leave that up to luck or chance or whatever. And he says, I make my own luck or whatever. Yeah. And then a spoiler alert, big reveal of he, he says it again to Rachel. and Rachel does. Played Rachel by Maggie Dawes, Gyllenhaal, and, always and forever. And flips the coin to her. Um, and she smiles and says, you make your own luck when it is revealed that both sides of the coin have a head on them. Sure. Um. It is the worst acting I've ever seen oh, in my no. life. Oh, oh, no. Like that, I was like, "We need another take on that, guys. We need a second take. <laughs> we need another take." Like it was just so standout bad that I was like, uh, "For who, Maggie? For everyone? Oh, everyone okay. involved? I'm mad at everyone oh, in this my God. scene. Everyone's at fault. Do another take. It was wild. It was wild." Um, <laughs> and then the other thing that really tickled me was there's of course. The um, there are several big showdowns between the Batman and the Joker. Um, one of the first being them inter- him in- interrogating each other. Essentially, yeah. they've caught the Joker, um, and he's in a holding cell, and the Batman comes in to interrogate him. Uh, and I was just watching it, and I was like, just two grown ass men talking to each other in funny voices. That's yeah. what's happening right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like that's that's one of those scenes where it's like either you. You know, we've talked about this before, mm. especially with, like, fantasy stuff. It's like, either you're on board or you're not at that yeah. point. And to be clear, I was on board, but oh, it yeah, just, yeah. like, really tickled me. Yeah. it's No, it's very, you're, you're, exactly, you take one step back and you're like, what am I watching? <laughs> what is this? Which is true of so much entertainment that I consume. <laughs> yeah. What am I, what, I'm, I'm 40 years old? <laughs> um, but it's, you know, I mean, that scene in particular is, 
like we haven't really talked about Heath Ledger in this movie, but besides just to say he's good, right? So much has been said, mm. so much has been written mm-hmm. about his performance in this movie, like all the influences, all this stuff. It's a really weird performance, even for the Joker. I think, like, because yeah. it's, it's not always as big as you expect. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like sometimes he's like whispering or, or sometimes he, and I think the, the genius of it is that you can see the guy, you know what I mean? Yes. I don't recognize Heath Ledger in there necessarily. Cause he's like really disappeared into it, but you can see, Oh, this is a guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just like a fucked up guy. Right. And in a role where, where it's very easy to lose control, Heath Ledger has full mastery and control over what he's doing and what yeah. he's trying to portray the entire time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, it, and it, again, it comes at this really weird time where you've got Heath Ledger who, and I'm not saying anything new or nuanced, but he, Hey, <laughs> I believe in you. Oh, thank you. He, you know, I believe in Harvey Dent. <laughs> he was this kind of heartthrob, like 10 things I hate about you. And then, Coming into one was Brokeback. Uh, 2006, I think. Right. So it's, then it's like Brokeback, The Dark Knight. Like he's putting in these insane performances yeah. and just starting to um, come into I'm an adult. And by the way, I'm also a good actor. Yeah. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, that's all we got. Yeah. I mean, you know? it's like one of those. It's just one of those great like tragedy things of like what would they have done you know what i mean yeah. it's like it's like him and philip seymour hoffman and Aaliyah and you know yeah. what i mean yeah. like yeah like what like just all these people uh, amy winehouse like right with so much potential and you cl- know and clearly so much just like natural talent right. by which i mean both talent for the art that they're giving but also like talent for working hard like yeah, not exactly. he didn't just stumble into creating the best Joker. Yeah, he, no, exactly. And Brokeback Mountain too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and also like I said, Philip Seymour Hoffman. It's like Philip Seymour Hoffman got to. He did. He got, got to, to do lots it. of stuff. Got but, to do. Got but to. We're missing so much. This is not a Philip Seymour Hoffman podcast. But no, it's not. But yes, no, exactly. It's that thing where you the thing the thing I think that you know you mourn as people who didn't actually know these people is all of the the amazing work we could have gotten right from them. people we could who have died seen. young yeah. yeah exactly yeah um oh, really brought it down i know sorry everybody watching him in this one i was like who does this performance remind me of mm. and this is stupid cuz i feel like i keep bringing this movie up and it might be like it might just be that i have this movie on the brain at all times mm mm-hmm. mhm do you know what I'm going to say? It's okay if you don't. Hold on. Wait for it. Oh, God. I cannot <laughs> think of the name of the movie that I'm thinking of right no, now. No. You would be able to think of the name of the movie. It's So, ironically, his performance uh-huh. <laughs> reminds me so much of uh, Jack Nicholson in The Shining. Oh, okay. No. I was thinking Lewis Davis. Oh, yeah, yeah. No. Um, especially, like, you know, the part... Where Jack, like, is kind of, like, losing it and, but not, like, feral yet. You know what I mean? Like, where he's just, like, at the bar with the ghosts and, like, drinking and Mm -hmm. kind of talking to the 
old other caretaker in the bathroom and stuff like those kind of like weird ticks and like obviously the whole like thing where Heath Ledger's licking his lips the entire time was like a yes. big thing that everyone's talking about. Yes. But um but just weird ticks and weird like silence and and all that you know all that stuff and it's hard to be it's hard to give like a I think like a quiet Joker performance and it's hard to give a quiet performance in a Christopher Nolan movie because mm-hmm. like they're just talking in such weird like overly dramatic kind of like yeah. you know um but the other and the other thing real quick sorry is that Heath Ledger like the thing I was saying about how you can see the guy in there mm-hmm. you can see that he's just like a dude who's crazy and agent of chaos and all that stuff he yeah. said he says I am an agent of chaos yeah, yeah we, well and they comment on like the, yeah. the reason that he's so terrifying is that he doesn't He's not, he's not like an other villains where he's got like an actual agenda or a thing that he wants. There's nothing that he wants other than to create chaos. Right. Some men just want to watch the world burn, burn. that thing. Exactly. Which is why for me, like the end with him, and I don't know if, if like how much of this got, had to get kind of reshuffled or whatever. Mm. Um, it's very possible, like, you know, it's very possible and maybe there's, Maybe whatever, but it's very possible that like maybe Two Face wasn't supposed to be such a huge part of this movie, or mm. you know what I mean. Maybe that was all like shuffled after his death or something. But um, the ending with the Joker, uh-huh. where he like does this weird kind of like social experiment with the two boats and all yeah. that stuff, I for me has never really worked as like you set up this guy who's an agent of chaos and then he like has elaborately kind of like meticulous like social experiments is not quite he's not jigsaw who's like trying to prove a point mm, sure he's, yeah yeah he's yeah, like yeah. like they set it up that he is a great like that he'll do it he's just fucking crazy and he just wants to burn shit down yeah and uh then he kind of like gets into this like oh i'm doing things that are like thematically resonant you know what i mean yeah which feels less scary than I'm just an agent of chaos and I want to watch the world burn. Yeah. Um, to me. Uh, so that's like a part of the movie that I don't love. Yeah. 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 And I can still like make it work for that storyline because I think in the end, so again, spoiler alert, but this, this big climactic Celine, Celine, We're almost done. This big climactic. <laughs> <laughs> We're so tired. Yeah. This big climactic scene is for some reason, and I said this while we were watching it. So Joker has basically said, I'm going to blow up all the bridges in Gotham and all the tunnels, whatever. So for some reason, they evacuate the city. Yeah. What are I we know. doing? Just tell everyone to stay home, quarantine those bitches. Anyway. Right. Um, so, so they've got two ferries that they're trying to get everybody out on and they've filled one ferry with normal people and the other ferry with prisoners from the prison. And then the boats get out in the water, the engines are cut. The Joker comes on and says, uh, by the way, there's a bunch of explosives in the, in the bottom of the boat. You each have the detonator for the opposite boat. So someone blows somebody else up. You make the choice by midnight. If you don't, I blow both of you up. Right. And then, so that's the experiment. So I, I, I can still wrap that into Agent of Chaos, if only because I believe and know that, like, even if, because again, spoiler alert, neither boat decides to blow up the other boat because right. humanity. Right. Um, even if one of the boats had blown up the other boat, 
the Joker would have blown the remaining boat up anyway. The right. Joker was not going to let anyone live. Yeah. That was just right to fuck with everyone, right. essentially. So I can still, like, I hear what you're saying. I'm not trying to negate what you're saying, but I can, I can still make it work. Um, and sorry, just to go back really quickly yeah. to like the Harvey Dent and the Joker of it all. And whether I, I wonder if, I don't know that I think that Harvey Dent wasn't meant to be a, as big a part of this movie. I think it's very possible. I think it's more possible that, um, cause you were saying about the posters, it was very much Joker. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably because they knew Heath Ledger was dead. Yeah. They knew that that was the draw. Yeah. To get people in the theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they put him on the poster. But the thing that is interesting, and I remember thinking this at the time too, is that they so easily could have ended that movie with the Joker dying. Yes, exactly. Right. Batman pushes him off a building and then he falls and then Batman, you know, lassos him and pulls him back and up. saves him, yeah. And saves him and there's a the whole thing, you can't kill me, blah, blah, blah. I can't kill you because right. of what and they didn't have to do that. They could have just let him fall. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And this is what like I was saying earlier. Like wild. It's, it's it's a crazy ballsy decision. Yeah. And it's like it also like, you know, back in again, uh, like back, I, I was more invested in all in all these things at the time, <laughs> uh-huh. and so I remember being fucking pissed, legitimately angry, mm-hmm. having emotions about this. <laughs> wow. When. In the end of Batman Begins, uh-huh. uh, he's spoiler alert for that movie. <laughs> he's fighting Liam Neeson on the train that's hurtling towards this building, and I do not remember this building <laughs> at, all. at all. You said Liam Neeson, I was like, oh yeah. And Liam Neeson is like, but is it the Scarecrow? Yeah, yeah, the Scarecrow's also in it. But, okay, but Liam Neeson plays Rachel Ghoul. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I nothing. I got nothing. No, but you're right. The scarecrow's in it. <laughs> um, but he's fighting him on a train that's hurtling towards Wayne Tower. Uh-huh. And uh, Rachel Ghoul, played by Liam Neeson, is yes. like, "You're you'll you're not gonna kill me." Like you know whatever. And Batman goes, "Yeah, but it, I don't have to save you." Right. And then Batman like gets off the train essentially. Yeah. Leaps off the train and the it uh, hits the tower and kills him. I remember this now. And I remember being like. No, he does have to save him. That's like the whole point. That's this, the whole point of Batman. This fucking sucks. <laughs> this is stupid. Um, and being like, what a, what a, how did you put up with this man? Um, but uh, I remember being pissed about that. And then for them to do this in this movie where it's like, oh, like you have every reason, you know, uh, probably like to, you know, to end the Joker's story here. Right. And to be like, I'm going to. I'm Batman, I'm going to kill the Joker or whatever. Right. And even just, like, not save him. Like, it, he doesn't, like... Yeah. He, he he pushes him off the building by way of getting him off of himself. Yes. Like, it's not even, like, push, and then I'm going to watch you fall. Right. It's like, you could have gotten away with... Right. Tried to save you, couldn't. But they don't do that. And then also, he does not save Harvey Dent for some reason. No. <laughs> Which, that... Well, he, he doesn't save Harvey Dent because he saves the kid. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's, you know. Yeah. Anyway, um, the other, real quick, the other thing we didn't talk about mm. is the, like, very, and this is, like, such, this has been, the, everyone, uh, we're not going to break any news here. 
but it is an interesting aspect of it is this like late in the game introduction of Batman being like, Oh, by the way, I'm using every cell phone in Gotham city (laughs) to spy on every citizen of the city. Uh And Lucius Fox played by Morgan Freeman saying, this is bad. Yeah. You can't do this. Yeah. This has crossed an ethical line Mm -hmm. for me. Yeah. And Batman being like, yes, but I know that, which is why I gave all the power to you and then them both agreeing that it's okay to do it this one time <laughs> if we just destroy it afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is just such an interesting thing to include in your movie <laughs> at the, you know, during the Iraq War <laughs> and the Patriot Act and the, in the 2000s. It's like yeah. such a like interesting, like, I'm going to dive into all these issues mm. and aggressively not take a side, not like, not like give any kind of, like, clarity or whatever. I know a lot of people think that, like, oh, Christopher Nolan's a fascist because he puts this in his movie and he thinks that it's worth it to do this one thing. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of other people who are like, um, you know, yeah, but he puts it in his movie and he says this is wrong and bad. Right. You know what I mean? And it's like, you could say the same thing about Oppenheimer or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) um, so... But I think the movie is aggressively, like, not making a choice there. Yeah. Um, and just saying, like, yeah, he's Batman and he does this thing and it, it it's, like, maybe it's worth the cost, but it costs him this and, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, it's just an interesting thing to just, like, throw into the middle of your movie and, but not, you know what I mean? It's totally, like It's totally. fainting at, at the politics of the time in a big bold way yeah but not actually but not actually taking a side taking a side yeah it's interesting That's yeah all. no it is it is um <laughs> last not convincing when you said it is it is no no it, <laughs> i'm just it kidding is. i'm just kidding it i'm just is. kidding <laughs> no it is i i have one last mild digression but not actually please um so the <laughs> stay with me the john mulaney horse in a hospital yes um, if you don't know what that is, you can give it a goog, but the essential thing is him talking, him, him equating Trump being president with a horse being loose in a hospital. Right. Um, for some reason in my brain, I have connected John Mulaney's horse in a hospital mm-hmm. to the Joker in the hospital scene. Okay. Does he connect that? Or did my brain just make that connect? Like I was like, I'm like watching this. I'm like, is there a horse in this scene? (laughs) Did John Mulaney say a horse in the hospital? Kind of like the Joker in the hospital. Or did my brain just fully go like horse in a hospital? That's like the Joker in the hospital scene. I think it's you. (laughs) Isn't that weird? That's weird. So they were like, it's like that thing where they were taking up the same space in your brain. Yes. And it wasn't like, it wasn't like. Like, I know they're not the same thing. Yeah. But it just, like I said, I was watching this and going, oh, does a horse show up in this hospital? Yeah. Or does John Mulaney reference this scene when he's (laughs) making that analogy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't think either one of those things are true. (laughs) But first, and there are plenty of people in hospital scenes that I have in my brain. But thematically, they're the same thing. It's chaos in a hospital. Right, exactly. So, like, I see it. I see the connection, but it's also like, what? That's very funny. (laughs) Anyway. We're occupying the same real estate. Yeah, such a weird thing. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Just wanted to clarify. Love it. Um, 
Okay. Just in case they haven't seen it. Is it available? You can watch it on Max. Great. We love to see it. Okay. Uh, here we are at a crossroads. Yeah, I don't think we're getting rid of either of these. Because they're both on Blu-ray. Sure. They both look great. Yeah. Hannah, love. Dark Knight, love. Right. And also is part of a box set. Yes. Of the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. Yeah. So I don't think we're getting rid of either of these. Yeah. Should we spin the wheel? Are we spinning the wheel? Is it wheel time? Let's do it. Um, For anyone who maybe doesn't know, when we cannot make a decision, we... um, uh, have a list of rules that we must like forfeits that we must then uh, adhere to. And my brother made us a wheel with all of the rules on it so that we can spin the wheel. Yeah. Bust a deal, face the wheel, baby. Here we go. Here we go. Ready? Yep. There's a more interesting. This says we have to pick a random DVD to get rid of. Oh, this is the Steve that's a rule. Steve rule. So I say let's do it. All right. Hey, Siri. Uh-huh. Pick a number between 1 and 1,321. A random number between 1 and 1,321 is 643. 643? Well, we are getting rid of a screener I got of The Irishman. Which is fine because I bought it on Criterion <laughs> like a fucking idiot. So great, we've won this time. <laughs> we really lucked out on that one. <laughs> Truly, all right. Well, thanks, Wheel. Um, and I'm grateful that we don't have to get rid of either of those movies. Yes, perfect. I love to see it. Thank you, the Steve Rule. Thanks, the Steve Rule. Okay, should we pick this next uh, matchup? Yeah, so we're gonna do another one in two weeks. Let's pick it, and then we can have a discussion about that. Yeah? Hey, Siri. Uh-huh? Pick a number between 1 and 1,321. A random number between 1 and 1,321 is 714. 714 from 1955. Mm. Lady and the Tramp. Aww. That's a good one. <laughs> nice. A classic, a if classic. you will. A classic. Great. Amazing. And I haven't watched it in a while. Yeah. For a little while, I watched it a lot because our younger younger daughter was very much into dog movies. Yes. <laughs> there was a period where we were watching it all the time. Yes. But uh, great. Great. That. Perfect. All right. Let's see what's going up against it. Hey, Siri. Mm-hmm. Pick a number between 1 and 1,321. A random number between 1 and 1,321 is 488. 488? Why, that is... From 2005. Mm-hmm. Good night and good luck. Ooh, David Strathairn's juice. David Strathairn's juice. Um, I definitely saw that. I don't remember it. I was briefly obsessed with it. Yeah. But I have not watched it in many, many years. Yeah. All right. Okay. An odd pairing. An odd pairing. A movie that was made in the 50s and a movie that takes place in the 50s. Whoa. Whoa. I'm pretty sure what I just said Whoa. is true. Whoa. Spoiler. What's the connection? <laughs> I 
Cool it. I'm like 90% sure what I just said is true, but I'm not 100%. (laughs) Great. Um, So, yeah, like we said, we're giving this the old college try. Yep. Hopefully, two weeks from now, you will have another episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, you know, again... I, I do hope you will forgive us if in two weeks there's not an episode. <laughs> there will be. Come on. But, uh, well, you know, you're, like, going back to work and... Yeah. You know, it's just going to get more difficult. But we're going to... We're going to... We're going to... We're going to do our best. And Thanksgiving is in between now and then. <laughs> yeah. It truly is. We're going to do our best. <laughs> we're going to do our best. I love how fucking, like, weary and end of our rope we sound on this episode for some reason. <laughs> It's just because we're tired. Yeah. No, and we enjoy doing the podcast, which is why we uh, <laughs> keep doing it. Stop laughing when I'm trying to say things. Sorry. Um, anyway, like I said, we're going to do our best to have another episode for you in two weeks. Um, but hey, listen, thanks for listening, especially if you got this far. We're DVD Deathmatch in all the places. We got the Insta, we got the Twitter, we got the Gmail, we got the World Wide Web. And I hope that you. Have a lovely Thanksgiving meal. Yeah. Thanksgiving in and of itself, not a great holiday, but the food is delicious. So enjoy yourself. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. Did I sound a little bit like Jack Black there? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think so. I'll take it. Um, come back next time and see who survives. <gasps> DVD. DVD. Deathmatch. Ready? I'm ready. Here we go. Pull up the thing. Now I'm ready. <laughs> Great. Wait. Oh my god. <laughs>